it's summertime, the streets are bustling, you're wandering around the beach or the waterfront or the shops, a market even perhaps, and in the air is the sound of someone in their guitar or a person asking members of the public to gather around for a brilliant show. You know exactly what I'm talking about because summertime, according to my non-existent survey and research, is peak busking time. Kia ora, I'm Imogen and this is a summer edition of Newsable. And not only are we probably seeing buskers out more often this time of year, it's also the Auckland International Buskers Festival at the end of January. So here to talk all things busk is Paul Class, a multi-award winning comic juggler based in Queenstown. Kia ora, Paul. Kia ora. How are you going? Good, thank you. Before we get to anything else, tell us about your busking background. When did you start? Why did you start? What do you do? Uh, I actually started a long time ago, more than 20 years ago busking on the streets of Auckland down the viaduct. But then I stared away quickly into stage work and circus work. But I recently returned back to full dedicated busking shows about six years ago now. And um, I've been doing a lot more of it since then. And I've managed to travel my show overseas. And um, yeah, I'm very dedicated to that. And what is your busking craft? I'm a comic juggler. So Actually, most buskers will say that. That's just what we do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do high-end circus tricks and low-end comedy. That's my thing. <laughs> low-end comedy. I'm not going to no, Those are your words, not mine. Uh, Paul, did you have to train at all? Yeah, yeah. So I've been a juggler professionally for 22 years now. So I've gone through lots of different training phases um, and I still practice regularly. And I've recently just um, revived my training schedule for summer. So I've been doing a lot of time at the gym and a lot of time under the juggling props. How do you decide to pursue juggling as a formal career? Have you just always been great at juggling? Um, no. <laughs> I was not great for a long time. Well, I mean, you don't really know it's a career, do you, when you're growing up? And no, but not- I'm just trying to picture you at a dinner party maybe with a party trick and then all of a sudden being like, actually, you know what, I, I could do this. I'm just wondering yeah. how it how it kicked off. Well, I taught myself to juggle when I was 10 years old mm. with some skateboard wheels, but I didn't really think of it as a career. Um, and at the time, maybe all I thought was juggling was circus clowns, and I've never really been attracted to that. But then I was at art school doing an arts degree, and then... There was a group of uh, students who were doing fire performance, Mm -hmm. and so I went and joined in with that because I've always been fascinated with fire. Uh, From there, they led me to a juggling shop that uh, was like an agency as well, and they held regular club nights, and I started attending those. And then through that, I found out that you could be a juggler and not necessarily be a clown. Can anyone start busking, Paul, or does that not give busking the status it deserves? Well, I mean, busking's an open field, mm. you know, like from the 10-year-old kid playing his recorder outside New World yeah. to people doing massive circle shows and Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So, yes, the answer is yes, anyone can busk. Not necessarily anyone can busk well, but it's <laughs> the key. <laughs> it's the street, you know, it's open. And uh, over your nearly two decades in the biz, have you seen the busking sphere change at all? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Um, I would say that it's not in its heyday because there's been a lot of things affecting it. There's less cash. Mm. There's more exposure to rare tricks through TV talent shows. Sure. Just uh, the whole economy. Uh, post-COVID has been a whole other landscape for us in good and bad ways. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, like after COVID, 
this street was one of the only places I saw circus shows still happening quite happily because a lot of theatre and corporate work just disappeared. Mm. It couldn't happen due to crowd restrictions and all, all that stuff. It's definitely changed a lot, and I've seen it change a lot even in the last three years since we've been back from mm. COVID. We, we monitor it all the time. I would say it's good right now, but it's definitely not as good as it has been in, say, the mid-90s to mid-2000s. That was a real golden era for busking. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Why was that? Just, just think it was the shape of the world, you know, and buskers were rock stars, and if you were good, you could go out and make crazy money. And I think we all occasionally make crazy money, but... Our money is not strictly crazy anymore. <laughs> it's a little, we have to work a little bit harder. But yeah. I think well, everybody's got a little less money in their pockets now. It's been a different economy entirely since since pandemic. So the world's a different shape now. But we can still get out there and we can do shows and we can make a living, which is I'm grateful for. Are there rules? Like, is there an unwritten rule book? Is there a society or do you have, like, conferences to all speak to one another and decide that 2023 will be the year of blank or something. I don't know. <laughs> it is actually a lot more structured than people realise. They just think that we're freewheeling mm. lunatics just going out and doing shows whenever, wherever. But um, actually, it's very organised. And so cities that have busking pitches that support our sorts of shows, which are called circle shows, which have special needs, mm. we need a certain amount of space. We have to operate with the noise restrictions with the council. The pitches are actually designated often by the councils of that city. So if there's a bunch of buskers show up to that pitch on the day, it has to be organised. And so if that's the case, we have a draw. It's called a draw and we all meet up early. We put our names or numbers into a hat. We draw our names. We set up the schedule for the day according to a timetable that's been organised. And then we do our shows according to that timetable so that everybody has equal opportunity. So it's actually a lot more organised than people think. And at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is the biggest busking meet in the world, 60 to 80 busking shows show up for that. The draw takes an hour to do. It takes a long time. That's mm. an exciting thing, though. We all live for that draw. It's a great social time as well because we're all there. There's all this sort of like sense of optimism and hope for good shows for the day. And uh, often on busking pitches, it's, it's solitary or there's very few people. You're just out there doing your own thing, but it's nice to share it with a group of people. So... It's actually, it's a lot more organised than I think what people think of us. It has to be. What can you deploy throughout your show to get people to throw money in the hat? Is it up to pure enjoyment or do you have some little trickets that you might sprinkle throughout? I've never heard the term trickette. I like that. I have never I said it before. That <laughs> not a thing with us. Trickette. Uh, yes, there is many tactics. It's really like the street is a it's a, it's a game of psychology. So mm. um, if you are intent on your show succeeding, there's many things that you do to make that happen. And you're always learning that and always monitoring it and always, well, I am anyway, and um, finding better ways to do it. And it's a real game, you know, because you're trying to do your tricks and deliver a quality show, but you're also trying to hold a crowd, appeal to different demographics, Um and, of course, get paid well. Paul Class, thank you so much for joining us. What a joy. And if you are in Auckland at the end of January, make sure you check out that Auckland International Buskers Festival. Most definitely. That's all from this summer edition of Newsville. Thanks for listening. I'm Imogen Wells, and I'll catch you next time. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz support. 
If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.